Today, I had the honor of interviewing Heidi Marie. I'm not even going to try to say her last name. You guys are going to have to head over to her Instagram channel and hear what it is because it is a fancy one. But it was a super fun interview for me because we have followed each other on Instagram for years. Heidi mentions on here, she actually listens to the Now That We're a Family podcast, which is super cool. And now I have the honor of having her come on the show and visit with me all about Mennonite culture and how that has affected their family culture now, how that impacts it, talking about hospitality, talking about little boys and how they can be kind of destructive and how to navigate that. So I really enjoyed this interview. I know you guys are going to too. If you would give this interview a, or not this one, you know, if you're on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. That'd be amazing. If you're on the podcast, if you would go down and leave us a rating or a review. And if you enjoyed this interview and want more mothers to find Heidi, which I just think the more people that could follow her Instagram account, the better, then take a screenshot of this and share it with your social media and the mothers in your community. Those are all the ways that help get this podcast out to more like-minded families. And I know I can speak for Elisha and myself when I say we just feel so blessed and we have the most incredible listeners. So thank you guys. And I hope that this episode brings a smile to your face and some new thoughts in your motherhood. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Okay, Heidi, it's an honor to have you on the podcast today. It's fun. We were chatting before, and this is our first face-to-face. I mean, as close as you get face-to-face when you live yeah. on other sides of the country uh, <laughs> conversation today. And I'm so excited to talk about uh, your Mennonite background and hospitality and motherhood and all of that. It's like all the questions I wish we could just like visit about. Well, some of them instead of like taking forever to text it out. So thank you so much for jumping on. Why don't you share a little bit about who you are? I know a lot of people in our audience also follow you, so they're probably familiar with you. But if someone, say, isn't, isn't, wow, what am I trying to say? Isn't familiar with you, uh, tell them what you want them to know. Uh, Okay, in a nutshell, I am Heidi Sportsman-Druber. I'm married to a man who lives in the South. So I was from Ohio originally and I moved to South Carolina when we got married. So that was kind of a culture shock, a good one though, because I feel like the Southern culture is so welcoming and they're just, they make friends so easily. So that was easy, but the weather is crazy. It's like ring the air out and you get water. Like it's so humid, it's crazy. But the rest of the year is gorgeous. So I love the, like I literally would not move back to Ohio now if I could. Like, it feels good to say that because for so long, I felt like just a stranger in another land, but it feels like home. I love it so much. I truly do. Um, So I live here with my husband and I have four boys and one girl. Um, So the the little girl was a surprise. Um, So the oldest is six. And then I have twins that are four and then a little boy that's three and then Clara, who is now nine months, I think keeps changing, but, um, yeah, I just, I am a stay at home mom and wife. I love homemaking. It's honestly been very fulfilling for me. And I know it's not for some people, but it's literally my dream come true. Like I love being at home with my children. And I'm so thankful that my husband supports that because I, it would be really hard on me. I think if he would want me to go out and find another job, like, I just, I, I feel like being at home is the place I need to be. So I, 
I don't know. What else do you want to know? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's super good. Okay. So I didn't know that you were like, you moved to the South. So I find that super interesting because I think it'd be really hard for me to, to move to a place with humidity and all that. So that's super interesting and cool that you just fully have embraced it and worked through that and, and followed your husband to where his roots are. (laughs) How did you guys meet? Do what? How did you guys meet? Oh, we met at a Bible school in Arkansas. So somewhere totally else. It's like a Mennonite Bible school of maybe like a hundred students. It's very short term for, uh, was it six weeks? The first time we were together, totally did not talk to him the whole time. Cause I was that girl that always stays in my group of friends. And I just like, I will not, I will not go after boys. Like I will be here to learn and study the word. And so, so my girl. poor husband was trying to talk to me the whole time, nothing. So it was more, he got my phone number after Bible school. And then we texted like young people do which I don't know if I'd recommend to my children, but it got us together. So, you know, it all worked out. I feel the same way. Like I go back and I, my phone, like I don't have it, but I have screenshots of some of our text yeah. messages. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like what on earth? I feel like you're so much gutsier over text. I, you are like you, not that you, like we have said super raunchy things, like things we shouldn't have yeah, maybe, but yeah. it's still like you're so much freer to... Yeah, say what you would not in person. So it could get really dangerous, I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> no, no just, accountability, which we did not have. Yeah, I think that's something I'd want to change with my children is to have accountability with it a bit. Yeah, I know. It can be kind of tricky because you just, again, it's not like super inappropriate things, but you like go back and read them and you definitely like blush. <laughs> like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So I do want to talk about your upbringing as a Mennonite a little bit. You've given this beautiful picture into the Mennonite Christian community for me. And um, how did that kind of like, tell me about your upbringing and then tell me how that affects the culture in your home now. Okay. Well, so I was telling my husband this morning, I said, it's a little bit hard for me to know what is my Mennonite upbringing, what is Christian and what is different from other people. Cause that's all I know. Like I just, this is, this is my life. Um, But some of the things that Mennonites are really good at is they prioritize family. Um, children are a blessing. They're not, I know sometimes they can be viewed as something you need to get through to get to the other side. Like you don't really enjoy and I don't know, like you don't embrace the season of having children and pour into your children. But Mennonites, that's one thing they are good at. And you have a really big community of people that support you in it. You have people that help you out. You have people that give you counsel. Like, I feel like every even event that they have is centered around having children. Like it's almost assumed you will have children, not like, oh, you know, we also have to have the children here. What are we going to do with them? So it's very, it's, it's focuses on families a lot. And so because of that, I feel like we have really strong families. Um, Like just to say like some practical things, like we had dinner together every evening. And now my family, we do that as well. Like we always have at least one meal together. Um, at home, we actually had breakfasts too, because my dad was a dairy farmer. So we'd have brunch at like 10 and it's, it, you make such good memories around the dinner table. Like it brings you together and you just talk about your day. And my, my mom and dad talked Dutch, which Pennsylvania Dutch was, which is kind of a dialect of German, like maybe 
similar to, I think it's high German, low German, high German, I think. Um, and they wanted us to learn it, but we did not want to speak this other language because it was just, we just hated it. I don't know why. So like for this meal, you all have to, if you talk, you have to talk Dutch. So we would just not say a single word, of course. <laughs> so now I'm super bummed because I wish I would be more fluent in it, but oh well. Um, but like, I don't know, meal times were such good times for me. Um, and, and like I'm trying to think other things we would have done. Like we had family devotions every evening, every morning, my husband's family did it every evening. Um, that's not something we practiced regularly with my family. And that's something I do want to follow after our families. in. um, I think it's just finding that time to do it because so often things can take priority over that. And it's, I don't like that because it is something I feel like so important. Um, so that's something we need to implement that we grew up with. Um, another thing, uh, we did so many of our Whatever we did, we did it together. Whether it was like weeding the strawberry patch or milking cows or um, like dusting the living room. Like it was a family event. And I feel like it built so much of our relationships that we had, like we were so much stronger. We fought a lot because we were always together. But like it made our relationship stronger. It taught you how to work with other people. And that is something that my husband and I really want for our boys is to learn to function as a family, to function well um, by doing simple chores together. And right now we're kind of in the trenches with that, but uh, little boys don't like to do chores, but um, hopefully when they grow up, they can appreciate what we're doing now. I'm trying to think, yeah, what else we would have done Probably the biggest thing is just how family oriented Mennonites are and how much, how proactive they are in teaching and training their children. But I know there's people that are not Mennonites that do that too. So, no, but I no, love I, how you say like, that's just a part of the culture, because I feel like if you're outside of that, if you're just in like an outside Christian community, then that's not a part of the culture. Like you said, it's like, okay, what are we going to do with the kids? Like, what are we yes. going to do with the kids when the girls get together? What are we yeah. going to do with the kids when the, you know, the adults get together? And it's not assumed that like, oh, we're going to have our families and we can like visit with our kids. You have to find those yes. pockets like outside of the Western church. Yes. For most, I feel like most, at least all the, you know, denominations I've been a part of and visited yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So I love that because you see that in your culture, just that joy. And I think, honestly, one thing that I would say that Mennonites do is they just take the Bible more literally, which we should do, than the average Christian. So it's like, hey, God's word says it. Yeah. And then you yeah. live it, you know? Yeah. And I respect that so much because I think we try to like, oh, it's like that's allegorical or that's theoretical or that's cultural. Yeah. We just explain away the Bible and um, we explain away a lot of the blessings that come yeah. living the way God intended. Yeah, so. I agree. Yeah. I love that so much. That's so fun. Uh, okay, so something I wanted to dive into too, too is you've got a lot going on. I know I just see the tip of the iceberg on Instagram, but how do you juggle motherhood to five? You're really active on social media, very encouraging on social media, and you have a side business, and I don't even know what all else. You're super yeah. hospitable. So like, how do you do all those things? Well, I feel like there are there are boundaries I have to set for myself. And I feel like I, I have to revisit those boundaries so often because things are always changing. Like my Instagram account, account grows larger. And then that, with that comes more messages and more just 
it requires more attention. And I don't want to ever let that take the place of being a mom and a wife. Um, so just like some boundaries I've set for myself is I try to like post content, message people when my children aren't like having quiet time or after they're bed in, in bed in the evening or are playing really happily. Like if I can tell they're very engaged with something else, I don't feel like I'm over here on my phone and they're like, they're really needing me. But um, I don't know, it's been really something to figure out because I, I love engaging with people on social media, but it's almost like it's come to the point where I either need an assistant or like something has, I've learned to also just not be or learn which messages to reply to, to put effort into some just, you don't have to, I hate that. Cause I just, I want to engage with everyone. I want it to be personal, but um, at home too, like I don't, I have someone that comes in and cleans my house every, well, whenever I want her to, for a while I was doing it every week. Sometimes I do every other week, but that helps tremendously. It just helps take that load off that like, I did not get this cleaned. I don't know when I'm going to do it. And it helps me be just a better mom. I know not everyone is in the place where they can, you know, maybe pay someone to come in and do that. So I am really grateful that I can, but also having that side business helps pay for that. So it's kind of, it works together. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, I feel like it's something I'm always going to struggle with and always have to put boundaries around. And like for you, I know I admire so much how you got rid of your smartphone. I'm just like, Wow, that that takes a lot. Like I just don't know. <laughs> but like you said, I do have I have an assistant. So that really helps yeah. with that because otherwise yeah. it's not really possible, right, to manage the social media account. So you see yeah. the like the gives and takes. Like yes. you said, you have to be like, okay, where am I personally best spending my time and yes. you know, what works for our home and then where is it really taking from our home and kind of navigating that because it's going to look yeah. different for every home. That is very true. But I, and I think we can learn from each other. Like it just, just seeing how you have managed without your smartphone, like helps me realize, you know, I can do more than I think, like aside from it or like take more breaks than whatever. Uh, one thing I did think of too, is I take, I almost always take weekends off of social media. I do not, it's just a time to like really focus on my family and just relax. It really, it's just, I need that break to, to get off. So that is another like boundary I would set. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I love it. It just sounds like you're really in tune to your family and your home. And you do a lot of things without maybe like having a set like, oh, this is what I'm doing. You know, it's not like regimented. You're just really yeah. in tune with like, I need breaks. I need rest. I need to be there when my kids need me. When they're engaged, I could do something yeah. else. And like, and you see that comes across in your profile because it is very refreshing and life-giving and you don't feel like you're like at the end of this burnt out hamster wheel, pushing out <laughs> content at the expense okay. of everything around you. Yeah. You could tell the difference. So <laughs> uh, I'm encouraged. So as a mother of boys, how do you cultivate respect and gentleness while letting them explore the energy of being little boys? That's a, uh, a hard balance sometimes. Um, I grew up with five brothers, so I feel like it was kind of a good preparation for being the mom of four little boys. Um, but one thing I've kind of learned is that they don't intend to destroy and they don't intend 
that's not usually their intention. They're usually trying to figure something out. And like, like they take, we have a little table and chairs that came from Amazon and they're constantly taking them apart, like taking the screws out. Kind of drives me nuts, but at the same time, it's like, oh, well, it's not hurting anything. And they are, they just love it. So like there's something I can put energy into and they can like figure it out. It's not destroying anything. Um, and I think so often, like they're so impulsive. Maybe girls are too. I just haven't mothered girls yet, really. Um, but like they'll find a screwdriver and they're like, I wonder what this would do if I would just like ram this into the wall. So I'll find them doing that. Like, okay, now we have to talk about like, we don't ram screwdrivers into the wall. It's just not, it's destructive. So like, there's just so many things I found, I found myself having to say that I had no idea I would have to. Well, we had, I won't go into super details with it, but we had a toad and pruning shears and uh oh my bad things happened and we, when we talked to them oh they my had goodness. no idea that that was a bad idea and we're like you have to be careful with frogs like you can hurt them terrible so and they had they were crying they had no idea so it's just like so many things that they are innocent in doing and i feel like i have to catch myself not being harsh and first figure out like were they intending to actually be malicious and like hurtful and often it's not the case it is sometimes but um just talking it out and like finding the heart behind what they're doing but um as far as being like respectful um we are excuse me <clears throat> we're in the south and like one thing i really appreciate about the culture here is how like all the little kids are trained from little up to say like yes ma'am and yes sir and it is just like amazing so like I want our boys to have that they're not really at the point where they do that but like we often when we tell them something we want them to reply with yes ma'am or yes sir just it also helps just acknowledge what we said like you can tell they re it registered but um yeah I don't know it's so important to be respectful and to grow up and because you're always going to be under someone's authority you're always going to have to be working closely with people and respect goes a very long ways um as far as gentleness, I feel like having little siblings and having animals is actually really helpful for teaching gentleness because I don't know, you can kind of practice it and live it out. And I don't know, like I see the boys be so gentle with Clara and now I don't know how Clara's going to learn gentleness. I guess she's not a boy, but like, if, <laughs> you know, if the baby eventually, <laughs> that's going to maybe take a little bit of more effort, but yeah. I can just like practice being gentle with their siblings and I don't know it's just every day I, I something new happens and it's just like wow little boys are just a lot they're fun oh they're my like goodness. so many stories so I love how okay I'm taking this away from you right now because the whole destructive thing it is a real thing and you're so yeah. right that sometimes it is not inherently like it, it's not malicious but yeah. I have found myself reacting the same way. And I really admire how you're like, oh, you're asking the question, like getting to the heart of it before you're just like, what on earth were you thinking? <laughs> like last night, one of my boys, he put one of a, a big clock on the ground that he found and he jumped on it and just like shattered glass everywhere. And he was like, I wanted <laughs> it to see if it could hold me. But like there's glass all like 
Oh my word, it's such a mess. And that happens all the time. Like you said, like just screwdrivers and walls or stuff like that. And I instantly go to like, oh, you were trying to destroy my house. Like- Well, it's like, I think it's because it's just like, why did you not, why did you think that was okay? Like, it's just like, do you not have common sense? But I think little boys just kind of don't. (laughs) Yeah. I remember my husband saying, I forget what he did. I think he threw a ball at a window or he did something. And he goes, I remember my dad asking me like, why did you do that? And he was like, I don't know. Like, I just (laughs) genuinely remember being like, I have no clue why I did that. You just had to know it happened. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious. I just did it. I don't know. So having that like patience to think through um, like it on a heart level before just like addressing the behavior can yeah. help knowing how to address the behavior. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. Well, it's good to know that my boys aren't the only ones that are experimentally they're, destructive. They're very normal, I would say. <laughs> oh, Just think that's of it good. like someday they might be engineers or something. Like this whole figuring everything out like might lead to really healthy things, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just channel it into a healthy yeah. channel that curiosity. Oh my goodness. Okay. So what's one way that you tie heartstrings with your children? Especially you have five. That's a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I always feel like this fear that I'm going to miss someone, you know, like I grew up in a family of eight and I feel like I was not missed, but I was the oldest. And so I feel like it might be those in the middle that you have Mm -hmm. to be really intentional with. Um, But one thing that I've been doing lately that I've really enjoyed, and it seems like my boys have really thrived with it is to do one-on-one time. Like I'm cooking in the kitchen, snag one of them and say, Hey, you want to help me, you know, dump the ingredients in, stir the soup. And, and that way, like they all love to help, but sometimes it, it's good to just grab one of them and they just, one of them is screaming. I'm not sure what happened. They're going to come screaming just say <laughs> I think they fell off the Heads head. up. <laughs> Another thing I do is like when I, we have a grocery store that's really close to our house. And so I'll run in the evening sometimes and I've started taking just like one of them with me. And recently, recently I took Owen, the youngest, and he like the whole time was just beaming and so happy. And I was like, this is real, which I wonder if his like love language is a quality time, right? It's just a stage he is in, but like, it seemed to really be what he needed. But yeah, just like letting them also pick out maybe one extra thing that we wouldn't, I was, that was not on my list. And then they're just, I don't know. Yeah, it really seems to help them feel noticed and really special. Um, another thing I do to like, probably the most like one-on-one or not one-on-one, like most quality time I have with my boys is every evening before they go to bed, I, you know, sit on one of their beds and they're, you know, getting their jammies on and asking for drinks again and all the stuff that goes with bedtime. And that's when all our conversations happen about everything, like from, you know, can I see an angel to do just anything like it's sometimes very deep and sometimes the most ridiculous question you've ever heard. But that's when it happens. So even just like not rushing bedtime and sitting in there with them and just that's when it seems to flow like they just they want to talk. And so. No, and I think that's really good. I love how you were saying, just notice when the times are and they're probably the not the times that fit great with their schedule or the times when we're like, oh, I'm just trying to wrap this up and end the day. At least that's yeah. how I can get. Instead of being like, 
identifying like, hey, this is when the conversations flow. So I'm going to allow for that carefree timelessness during this time. And that's something I want to take away. Okay. So real quick, what's the hardest part of motherhood for you? Um, probably, I think this is very common with a lot of moms, probably the biggest thing, the hardest thing for me in motherhood, which I think is common with a lot of moms is just like, you get so exhausted with trying to be consistent 24 seven. They're supposed to share with you. Okay. Go ask them. They will. They have to, if they don't, I'll give you some later. Um, where was I? The having to be consistent yeah it's so hard but just the stage we're in we have like a six-year-old two four-year-olds a three-year-old and I just feel like those are really intense ages like the six-year-old we're starting to see the a little bit the other side of things like it you know he's grasping things we've taught him and but there's also new issues but it's just like I feel like we're a little bit over the hump with that one um but like toddlers are just a lot. It takes a lot of training and I want to be proactive in training and not just like catching at the tail end and then disciplining. Cause I feel like that gets really stressful for everyone. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, just like, and then I see my husband come home from work and he's so good at being consistent. Like he, I mean, he just like, he says something once they listen, like he has their respect. And I just feel like I'm over here. Like, why are you know, like, why do you have such good results? But he's also not with them, you know, 24-7. All day it, long. Yeah, it is. They have. To, okay, go get some other something. Another snack. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm learning. And it's, it's, I don't know if I'll ever feel like I've arrived with consistency. But it, it is something I am learning a bit. But, yeah, that's the hardest thing. It's just like, and it never ends. Like, it's just, yeah, I can't just leave it <laughs> like, you know can't just turn it off so I'm done being consistent yeah. for the day it's not office hours yeah, yeah that's and that is a real thing I remember my mom growing up would just I just thought she was way more impatient than my dad and now that I'm a yeah. mom I was like she was yeah. the most patient woman in the world <laughs> because she put up with everything and by the time she yeah. snapped at me she'd had like 20 million things happening yeah <laughs> get yeah. on her nerve that she's dealing with patiently and she had how many kids like that? I just, yeah. I just admire people like that so much. I know. I do too. I don't know how it happens. It's way different being the mother. And yes, we both love our kids and it's a lot. So yes. every mom loves her kids. But I think we, I think we genuinely enjoy our kids a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is the most fun part of motherhood for you? It, it varies with each stage. Like I feel like... <laughs> With Liam, he's reaching the stage where we can have like intelligent conversations and I feel like we can have like chats as mother and son. And I really, really enjoy that. Like, I I don't know, I've always been a baby person. So I just love the baby stage. But with each stage, I'm like, there's really good parts to this stage. And like with Liam, it's the conversations. Um, With the twins, they're four, they say hilarious stuff, like just, every day something will like make me laugh out loud and it's so funny so like it's just I I will miss that stage a lot like having a child in the just hilarious statement stage um with Owen he is at the cuddly stage he's three and he loves to come up and have snuggles and I just I just really enjoy that I'm not like my love language is not touch so I have to remind myself that this is some of my children's love language but I don't know I do enjoy like snuggles with the little ones um 
and then Clara is still a baby but there's she's so fat and squishy and delicious and she's still so sweet like she hasn't reached the stage where she's like intending to be naughty like she's just she's just a joy we all love her so much so I think just like living through all the stages like motherhood never gets boring because there's always they re- they do something new and it's just it's so fun Okay, so I want to touch real quickly on hospitality and hosting. Is this something that is a part of, you would say, like Mennonite culture? I feel like all the Mennonites I know are really good at hospitality. But like, what's your mindset behind it? Where did you get it? Yeah, I think it is a big part of Mennonite culture. Like we even have things built into um, like our churches where we have a host family every Sunday and that person invites any visitors to their home for Sunday lunch, has other people over. We have like small groups. We have like the church I grew up in, we had, um, can't remember what it was called, but we had where we every other Sunday night, no, like once a month, I think, we Mama. would have people to our home, Mama. like a random group of people. Uh, but yeah, and like I, I grew up, like we had neighbors over, we had neighbors stop in all the time. My dad was really good at just dropping everything and I th- it, very often it was not not convenient at all, but he would make time for people stopping in. And it's something my dad is known for. And I want to be like that. Like I want to never have anything I'm doing in my home trump having someone stop in and dropping everything and offering them tea or coffee or something. Um, yeah, that's, not, that's something with the Southern culture. You cannot like, you cannot go anywhere without someone offering you something. Like you have a dryer repairman come you better offer him tea like you, i'm saying no my way. husband has been like in someone's house fixing a breaker or something breaker box and they'll be like can i make you lunch and they'll go make them him a whole lunch like it's just oh so my different goodness. than where i grew up, where I grew up yeah from. i know here it's like i might know your name i probably yes. won't <laughs> we'll say two yeah. words yeah that's so yeah, cool so I- that's a very cool culture. So I feel like the Southern culture is also very hospitable. Um, sorry, my phone is dying. Um, we're good still. <laughs> okay. Um, but something that I've been learning and especially just with having so many little ones for so many years, I've learned that I can't wait till everything's perfect to have people over. It's like, we have holes in the wall and the, you know, the paneling is peeling off and like, there's the holes punched in the wall from the screwdriver. Like there's these things that like, they don't, I mean, it, I'm, it makes me swallow my pride, but people don't care about that. Like they don't care if you have laundry, you know, a pile in your laundry room to fold. It actually makes people more likely to invite you over because they feel comfortable in your everyday life. Like we invited them into it. I don't know why we feel like we have, our house has to be perfect. Cause like we live here and it's okay that it looks that way. I don't know. And don't apologize for your house is another big one. Like, that's good. Touch on that a little more. Yeah. What? Touch on that a little more. I think that's a good one because it's easy for someone to come in and we just start being like, Oh, sorry. You know, the trim's ripped off here and sorry, (laughs) you know, it's a little dirty and you know, I, there is like, I, I have been at places where like, I did notice things. It was like, okay, that is a little weird, you know, like, that's very rare. But for the most part, if you go to someone's house and they're like, oh, I'm so, just excuse that mess. And you're like, well, I am sorry for coming while you had a mess. I can tell you don't want me here. Like it's, 
you want to make your guests feel at home and they are not going to care about cobwebs in the corner. Like if they do care, that's really their problem. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just I, we have a couple of people in our church that I, that stand out to me because they're so good at hosting. And the things that stood out to me is that like you would go over for dinner and they would leave the dishes, go into the living room with you, drink coffee and just like you could tell they wanted to talk to you and they were so happy you were there and like just wanted us to stay longer and like you could tell they genuinely wanted us there and you left being like I loved going there like I would like to live there I mean it was just this welcoming atmosphere and they didn't apologize for anything like they had it was very lived in it's very it's not perfect by any means but I, and that's not what sticks with you. It's how they made you feel. So that's what I want to do, hopefully. And practice helps a lot, I think. So just like, just start, just, just start and it gets easier. <laughs> I love that. And I think it's, I just think it's so encouraging because you're so right. You remember how you felt when you left a place. And if you go in and someone's apologizing for everything, we think that it's going to make us look better, but it's what it's doing yeah. is it's <laughs> making our guests feel unwelcome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we don't think through what it actually does. And we think too, it's going to, we have to explain why that is there. Like we have to explain everything, but you don't like you, I don't know. Um, Another thing just with posting that uh, like, you don't always have to have food or drink, but if you do have food, like stick with something, you know how to do well, you don't have to have something just crazy fancy. Um, you can even like I even use paper plates when people come over because then I can just throw them in the trash. Um, but just you know, it's not as fancy to use paper plates, but it keeps me from having to clean up after you know they come over. Um, but like when guests come over, my go-to for food is a burger bar because then my husband can grill the burgers, which helps me out tremendously. And you can have fun toppings and make it feel fancy, but it's truly not like it's just the easiest thing so just stick with what you know how to do well and you don't have to change it up I mean in my opinion that is awesome and burgers are they're like this comforting satiating super tasty food and like you said you feel like a lot of time went into this but you're kind of shifting like placing the responsibility on your husband and you and tag teaming making it all work yeah I love that Oh, awesome. Heidi, I'm going to let you go. You are a busy mama here. Thank you so much for jumping on though and navigating nap time and recording a podcast. Like it is a, it is a gift of love. Anytime I asked a mom to interview her because I'm like, I know you've got so much going on. It was fun. It was was really fun for me. Yeah, I enjoyed this. This was fun. Good. It was fun to see you in person and capture some of the things that you do in your home in a little more like long form content format. And I don't know. Okay. So tell our listeners real quick where they can find you uh, because I want them to be able to go, go get to know you a little bit more because it's a joy. Okay. Well, I am on Instagram at a underscore Heidi Marie and I'm there most days throughout the day, just showing glimpses of our family and just things that work for me and recipes because I love cooking and just, it's very sporadic. I feel like you never know what to expect. <laughs> you get everything. That's fun. Yeah. We get your, like your alter ego, like who's the gal that shows up? What's her name? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, you might even get an accent that day. You never know. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Have- it's super fun. And I will ta- I will link down below in the show notes your Instagram just so, you know, people who don't catch the underscore and everything can figure it out. But- well, I, I am so honored that you asked me because I have listened to your podcast for years or I don't know, I think years. And I'm just like, I've got my husband listening to your podcast now and he's very picky about what podcast to listen to. But we just really enjoy you guys and what you share. And I feel like it's always encouraging. Sometimes it makes me cry. Usually makes me laugh because you guys are so funny. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm, I'm a long time listener here. I'll be here for a while. <laughs> well, we're honored and I'm super happy that you joined us today. So thanks so much, Heidi. Thank you, Katie.